going to ask if you can to get in your seats quickly and open up to Romans 5. Next half hour, we're going to try to look at a few verses from Scripture this morning. And uh, this is one of these passages that feels like uh, the Apostle Paul wrote it, that there's just so many layers in here. And um, I'm asking for the help of the Holy Spirit that we would focus this morning on what he wants. So. Um, we will have, uh, afterwards, we will have a meal together. We're going to order some pizzas. Um, so if you come and if you think, oh, there's not enough food, please stay. Uh, we are excited to have a meal together. During that meal, uh, we'll have a few updates uh, we're excited about. I'm really, really excited to have my friends Chuck and Susie Jewell here. Um, I met Chuck actually before we moved to Pennsylvania. Chuck was a part of the process of... Um, Chuck was a part of our process when we were moving to Elwood City of uh, hiring and interviewing, or interviewing and hiring us when we became um, a part of the big house, which is a youth center there. So he's, they're here with their son, Dimar, and we're really excited that they're here today. And then they brought our friend Dose uh, from Togo, Africa. And we're going to get a little update from Dose during lunch and a couple other announcements. So. Uh, let me just start out by saying that what we're getting ready to talk about uh, this morning is not what I wanted to talk about this week. I was really excited to share uh, a message uh, about church and about uh, the life of the church and why it's important, what we do here, why that's really important, but also why what happens when we're out there is even more impactful and important. So uh, that's not going to go anywhere. If we need, guys, can we get some, maybe some more chairs? Just pull that along the back wall. And if we have some people who don't have a seat, I'll make sure we've got, got room. So, uh, but this week, Luke and I were having a conversation as we were going through some uh, things of the Word together. And we got to this place. And I brought, um, I brought this out this morning. This is a little carpet. Everybody say Carpet. This is not a magic carpet. You can get this at Target or I don't know. But Walmart, yeah, not even as cool as Target, right? So, um, but I was trying to explain to, to Luke, and uh, in the midst of me trying to explain one thing, the Lord began to speak to us out of this passage. And I, it is my hope today that we're going to um, talk about something I think that is maybe a timely thing for us about what God is in our lives in the midst of pressure. And so we're going to try to focus there. But the thing I was trying to explain to Luke, Luke and I have been spending the last six weeks uh, meditating and going through John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And, you know, there's so much stuff in there that you can just kind of learn a lot of stuff and never fully understand what does this mean together. Okay? So Holy Spirit, help us with this. So I'm going to ask God to help us with this thought. So I said, well, hey, let's go to Romans 5, 1 through 5, because what I want you to know is that there's sometimes, if I'm experiencing places where I feel like I'm, I don't have enough to get through the day, how many of you ever felt like you don't have enough of you to get through the day? I said, there are times that I will go to Romans 5, 1 through 5, and I will just get there and stand there. Because in Romans 5, 1 through 5, I can stop running with that, from that feeling that I don't have enough, and I can go there because in Romans 5, it says there is grace by which we stand. And there are times when I don't feel like I have enough of me to get through the day, and I have to stop and remember, it's not about me having enough to get through the day. I can remember God's word is true, and by grace, I stand. Amen. And so I go to Romans 5, 1 through 5, and it becomes this place 
in the middle of the vast ocean of life, I have this place there is a foundation that I can stand on. Does that make sense to you? So when we think, look at this little carpet today, I want you to think about what God's promises are to us. Because another one, whenever I come here, there's some more that I go to in, in this file. I have a file that's my, by grace by which I stand file. Right? John chapter 1, it says, Of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Not of my fullness. Right? How, I, let's raise our hands again. How many feel like you don't have enough to get through the end of the day sometimes? Right? It's not of my fullness that I receive grace. It's not whenever I've done a good job stewarding my energy for the week. How many of you need to hear that? Yep. It's of whose fullness? It's the fullness of Jesus that I receive grace. So no matter what I've done, I'm not good enough at being bad to disqualify the fullness of Jesus. Can you say that with me? I am not good enough at being bad to disqualify the fullness of Jesus. Let's say that again. Oh, hold on, hold on. Holy Spirit, help us to sink into all of us. I am not good enough at being bad to disqualify the fullness of Jesus. Do you believe that? Amen. By his grace, I stand. Not by my own energy, not by my own ability, not by how good a job I've done prioritizing this week. It's by his grace that I stand. Paul said to the Corinthians, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So there's times when I feel like I don't have enough. I come to my Romans 5, 1 through 5 file. I access the fullness of Jesus. I remember, okay, his mercies are new every morning. Though outwardly I am, I am withering. Say withering. Have you ever felt withered? Inwardly, there's something that takes place where I have access to being renewed day by day. Even on the 20 minutes of the day whenever I don't feel like I, you know, I was talking to Sierra recently and we're, we're talking about stuff and she's like, man, life is a lot. And sometimes it can feel like we only have enough to enjoy it for just 20 minutes at a time, 20 minutes in a day. But even whenever I'm not in my good 20 minutes, he's renewing me day by day. So there is a place that we can come to that is not wishful thinking. There is a place that is solid that we can stand in. By his grace, we stand. Does that make sense to you guys? Do we think we have the carpet? Do we think we understand the meaning of this carpet? All right, let's read the scripture. <coughs> and we're going to ask the Lord to help us because this is like, this is like the, the basic Bible glossary 101. All the, all the good words are in this, these five verses here. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, when you see these words that sound like Bible words, don't close your eyes and say, oh, words, words, words. These are big words. If you read the end of Romans 3, you will find out there's much more good news in Romans 3 besides the fact that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> We will find that he is jealous to be both the just and the justifier. He is jealous for redemption. He is jealous for justification. All of Romans 4 is dedicated then to the story of Abraham and this idea of how we are justified. 
Are you with me? Therefore, we have been justified by faith. Ready for a little, let's see a few, few uh, pens out. You can write down this Greek word for the word faith. Does anybody know it? It's the word pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis, it sounds just like it's spelled. And it's really important. Does anybody know what the word faith means? This is, a, this is the word faith that comes in Hebrews 11. Does anybody know what know what this word means? Like, what would what would have been the people who were hearing this as Paul's writing? What would they have thought whenever he used that word faith? It's an idea of belief. But I think in our English today, we can go a layer deeper than belief. It comes to a word of conviction. It comes to a word of convinced. It comes to this place that I am fully persuaded. What does that mean to you today? By faith, we've been justified through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 2. Through whom also we have access. Everybody say access. Access. By faith into this grace in which we stand. So let's look at this together real quick. We have a few things happening that we're going to try to to build on. Maybe we'll come back later and break this down because this is beautiful. I have been made right with God by the conviction, by faith, and through who Jesus is. And because of that, the word peace there, irene, this word peace here, is not just the idea of everything being peaceful. It is the fact that we have been made one again with him. It is the fact that there is nothing that separates me from him. I, I am not trying to get good enough to be restored. I have peace in the midst of the storm, I have been made one, not because, I, guys, this is so important, not because my circumstances are good right now, yeah. but through Jesus. Amen. And I have access. Remember we said access. Say access again. Access. You know what that word access means in the Bible? Access. <laughs> it's kind of like, if you've ever been to one of those places, you have to get a special badge. We all have been given backstage passes to something we never could qualify to get into. And we have access, this is only three times this word is used in the New Testament. We have access to come into a grace by which we stand. And that is only through Jesus Christ. Guys, I'm not trying to discourage you from living to the fullest in the sense of, like I think we should steward the grace of God in our life, I think we need to steward what it means to grow in character. But God is not waiting on you to not need him. He is inviting us to live humble lives where we recognize the way that we get to stand in this life is by faith, having access to stand in the grace of Jesus. Grace is not something that will mean that when you grow up, you won't need it as much. I somehow had a view of grace growing up as grace was like, Oh, God's given me grace because I was whatever. God given me grace because I messed up. God's given me grace because I need it. No. The word grace here is, is, is it's almost, it's very different than mercy. But you know the Bible says the Lord delights in showing mercy? Can we just, like, be real? A lot of times when we have to show mercy, we don't feel delight. Because that, that's not what we think. I have to be merciful. It's not like, oh, I'm so delighted to be merciful. It's like, oh, I got to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful. But the, 
But the attitude of God when he gets to give mercy is not like, Hannah, again? It is like, I get to give you mercy. I get to come and be with you in the midst. We need to think differently about receiving mercy in the same way. You cannot read the word grace if you begin to look at it. If we understand what the word grace is, it has this idea of cheerfulness. <laughs> Luke and I were talking. We use this phrase. Yeah, I have to give some grace to Chuck right now. It does not sound cheerful. We have, I have to give grace. Could you give us some grace? Thanks, bro. You're welcome. It took me about two years whenever I would see Chuck. You know, what's up, Chuck? This is not funny. I was like, I wasn't trying to be. Uh, <laughs> to learn the heart of God. Yes, grace is unmerited favor, but grace is more than unmerited favor. Grace is divine power empowerment. But guys, it's even more than divine empowerment. Grace is this place of understanding the favor on the life of Jesus is the favor that we get to stand by. The power of the life of Jesus is the power that we get to live by. This is the grace by which we stand. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Now, we're, we're going to try to get through this because we have this anchor here because there's some things that get said in these next three verses that I feel like is timely for us. And I want to tell you, I don't think it's timely like if we talk about it, then you'll be prepared. I feel like we need to be prepared for this whether we talk about it or not. How many of you ever heard the uh, phrase, don't pray for patience? Anybody ever hear that? Yeah. Let me tell you, that's a bad biblical counsel. Yeah. The scriptures tell us to seek it. Yeah. Let's read verse 3 through 5. I'm going to try not to interrupt myself until we get through the end of the scripture. And we'll come back to the carpenter. You ready? Here we go. We have access into this faith by which, into this grace by which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation pro produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That he's given to us. Can we pray for just another second? Because you guys know me. God, if we're going to do this anything close to 15 minutes, we need a lot of grace. That you're cheerful to give all of us right now. There's words that get used in this that, that are so Bible-y that if we don't understand them, we'll miss the point of this. The word rejoice in verse 3, or the end of verse Two is the same word as the word glory in verse 3. So he says, we rejoice in this hope and we glory in tribulation. That word is the same word. <laughs> the first time the word glory is used is a different word, and that is the word doxa. Doxa, think doxology. Let's do the doxology, right? Praise God from
understand the difference between... Yeah, we're doing the amens in our heart, right? Sorry. We're not living in our heart. If we don't understand the difference between the first glory and the second glory, we'll miss something very important to the application of this passage. The idea of we get to rejoice in the hope that we have in Him is the same thing as our attitude. So we say rejoice is the same verb that we glory in the midst of suffering, tribulation, and that word there is the word pressure. Everybody say pressure. The word there that we we hope because we get to share in the glory of God, so we say the doxa of God, that word has to do with this thought that's been established. And if you look at the root there, you'll find that root comes from this idea of gazing. So as we behold him, as we gaze upon him, we become convinced. And we rejoice because of the hope that we can just share in this idea of the glory of God. And because we have this idea of the glory of God, now we can glory, now we can rejoice when we come into pressures. Jesus says in John chapter 16, at the end of that passage, he says, these things I have spoken to you, so you'll have peace. Because in this world, you will find trials and tribulations of every kind. That word is pressure. We do a bad job sometimes talking about the glory of, of following Jesus and the favor of our lives of following Jesus and the blessing that comes to our lives when we follow Jesus. All those things are true, but there's parts of blessing that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. If you read the Beatitudes, you find there's a lot of blessings that come in Beatitudes that we would avoid if we could. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are you when men speak all kinds of evil things against you. Jesus calls that blessed. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Jesus said, blessed are the humble. Blessed are the meek. There are places that we go in God. There's things that he's asking for from us that the world doesn't have a, a value for. The world tells you when you go through those things, it's because something is wrong in your life. But this passage tells us that when we stand in the grace of God, now we can walk through the pressures with confidence and we can actually glory in those things. We can rejoice because we can be confident of something. That those trials are working a patience into us. Those trials are working an endurance for us. That word there for patience is the word constancy. God is after something. He's after Peter said that this is going to bring about a trying and a purifying of our faith. And my heart is grieved because I feel like there's been a bait and switch in a lot of Western Christianity where we promise people, if you follow Jesus, you get this really great life. But Jesus actually said, if you follow me, means laying down your life. Amen. Why don't we have enough courage to make Jesus who he is instead of this whitewashed package? Amen. Because if people could see the reality and the beauty and the humility and the honesty of Jesus, that we get to come and be on the raft with him. He is the place we get to stand in. I don't have to make the gospel better than that. Right. But when we tell the gospel people that the gospel is something else, when we tell them the favor means you're always going to get better jobs and you're going to get better raises, and we don't let them know that if you follow him, he tells us we're going to go through these places where the pressure is on. 
But the pressure is not on as a punishment. The pressure is not on because he's avoiding you. The pressure is not on because, because he doesn't care. The pressure is there because he knows he's producing something in our lives that will help us make it to the end. It will help us endure. And there's 13 times that this word gets used. And there's another 13 times that his sister word gets used in the New Testament. And in zero of those times is there anything negative ever spoken about patience or endurance in the New Testament. It's something that we are called to seek for. It's something that the elders are called to walk in. It's something that we add to our faith. We add to this place of this idea of the, of the patience of God. So... I'm not telling you, we're talking about this today, so get ready, ready for a bad week. I'm telling you, in this world, you will find tribulation. And if we don't know that God tells us about it, and he prepares us for it, then when we encounter it, we say, What's, what am I doing wrong? Why is this happening? Does this make sense? Yes. But now let's walk a step further. <laughs> because tribulations work patience. But most translations say patience works character. Is there any other Bible open? What is your... What does your translation say? Verse, I think it's four. Is it three or four? Tribulations work patience, and patience works what? Character? Endurance develops strength and character. Let me tell you what that word simply is. Endurance produces experience. If you want to go home and check me out on this, you can go home and study that word. You'll find experience, experiment. You'll find the word character, the word character, experience, experiment. But it all comes down to the idea of what is proved in your life. Isn't that beautiful? God's got a purpose for the pressure, and it's to prove Himself, to build up, to build up patience and endurance in us, and to prove Himself to us in a way that it begins to prove ourselves. Well, we begin to understand, okay. So now when we walk through that, we see, okay, this is really a proving ground. This pressure is a place. He's not leading me into a test so he will show me I'm not uh, able to do it in him. He's asking me to come and stand on his grace. And then to understand that patience is going to produce, or that the, these pressures I'm experiencing are going to produce a patience and an endurance and a constancy in me. And when that happens, I'm glad you're up here on this grace to stand. You can stay here if you want. That's going to produce something in me that will allow this to get proved in my life. Are you guys with me? We're getting ready to land the plane if you can hang tight for just a second. And that produces hope. Now that word hope is not like how we use it today. Is it raining today? I hope not. <laughs> Who knows what the biblical meaning of the Who knows what the New Testament word hope means? Whatever. This word means a certain joyful expectation. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus led righteousness. If we use we sing that song, if we were like, well, I hope it doesn't rain, or my hope is built in nothing less, that's not very convicted. That's not very confident. That's not very persuaded. But if we can understand that when we stay in His grace, that there is a hope. you be up here with me? There's a hope that is certain. Oh, listen. Here's the end of the scripture. Yeah, stay in the hope, bro. 
Actually, can you stay there for a second? Can you help me out? Can you stay there for a second? This is perfect. Now, our hope does not disappoint. Old translations use the word, our hope is not ashamed. I think in this case, that word ashamed is not ashamed is actually a better translation. Our hope is not ashamed. The Psalms say this. Those who trust in him will not be put to shame. If we can stay there, stay in that grace, listen to me. Our hope does not disappoint. Why? Because we have the love of God. We have the agape of God poured out in our hearts. We can just swim in it. <laughs> listen to me. We have the love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he has given to us. That word given there is the word for the idea of grant. We have been granted by the Holy Spirit. We have actually been granted the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the promise of the Father would come. This morning, as we, as we begin to end our time, I'm going to ask us to stand. Go ahead and stand up now. And we're going to just take a minute and be quiet. And I believe that there are those who have already been walking through the pressure. And I'm not trying to be crass. But if some of you are just saying, what the hell have I done? Why? Why did I do wrong? Your hearts are breaking and it's because you've misunderstood the heart of God. And I just pray you just take a few minutes right now to know that when the pressures come, it's not because hell has got a purpose. Hell does have a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. But the abundant life of Jesus is more powerful than all the purposes of hell. So we just want to take a couple minutes right now. Maybe Leland will share. Maybe you just want to come and stand on the carpet for a second. But, like, if you felt disappointed and discouraged, I'm not here to say, oh, this makes it all better. I'm just saying, I'm asking God by his spirit that he would pour out a spirit of true repentance in us that we could change the way we think and understand it's not by our might or by our power. There's a real danger in therapeutic Christianity that calls us to always be improving ourselves. And whether it's intentional or not, it leads us to a place where our dependency rests on our ability to get better as a human being instead of being fueled by the grace of God. And God loves us, and he wants us to live with whole hearts, and he wants us to be healed, and he wants us to be whole, and he has not said, if you follow me, I'll make your life miserable. But he has said, the end of that passage is that you can be of good cheer. In the midst of the trials, you can be of good cheer, for God's have overcome the world. But we're worshiping today, just thinking about the triumphant Jesus allows us to be a triumphant church. Can you just take some space? And I don't usually do this. Everybody just close your eyes for a minute. Let's just ask God to create just our own personal space to encounter Him. You know? I trust you to listen to the Lord. Maybe just ask God, is there any place I've just been misunderstanding these pressures? 
there's any place I've misunderstood what the gospel is.
in the power of who you are, that we would be fully persuaded in Jesus Christ. Thank you that we have peace with you through him. Thank you for giving us access into something that we can never earn by our own merit. God, thank you for this simple carpet today. This carpet's going to wear out in a little while. God, every day that we live and breathe, we have access to a grace that is real. So God, I pray that the next time any one of us feels like we don't have enough of ourselves to make it through the day, we remember that we have grace that we can stand by. God, that we would rejoice in the hope that we have of your glory. That we can glory in tribulation. God, I pray that in the midst of every pressure, we would know that you're up to something. Would you help us? We say thank you for your process of producing endurance and constancy. Come on. If you want to live in that kind of constancy, that type of consistency, that in the midst of tribulation, we can be confident. Let's just thank you for that. Knowing that proves and is a proof of your of your goodness and of your love. God, that we would walk in a hope confident. So God, I pray right now for every person in this room. God, I pray even for our, our friends and our family that are not in this room right now, that there would be an increasing awareness that we have the love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit as a grant from the King.